Good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministries, and its mission is to equip men in sound biblical instruction for the purpose of godly living. We're glad you joined us today. We believe, as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And our greatest desire at SWAT Radio is to see Christian men shepherd their families, serve the local church, and seek the welfare of their cities, all for the glory of God. We're glad you tuned in today. This is Brad Sykes hanging out with my good buddy, Doug McCary. And this week, we're uh, we're in Acts chapter 17. We're going to conclude chapter 17, correct, Doug? Yes, we are uh, looking at... Uh, 17 it is one of those great chapters in the bible that is ranks right up there with isaiah chapter 6 you know daniel 9 just those that kind of stand out mm-hmm. to you when you think about romans 9 uh and it's it's paul's great uh message to the areopagus i mean think about it it's kind of like, it would be like paul in times square you know uh, or, or, or Paul giving a message in uh, Radio City Music Hall where all the elites from around the world come. It's just a really great chapter. And so um, I'm excited about this week kind of looking at, uh, again, following up last week about what it means to be a, a you know, a, a bold uh, mm-hmm. priest for our Lord and King. And boy, do we need it now. Well, and I appreciate you, uh, David and I ended up on Friday kind of concluding uh, last week's uh, discussion about, we had talked about uh, that if we're going to have the impact in our in our culture today, we're kingdom priests. We've got to live boldly. We've got to speak biblically. Mm-hmm. We've got to share inclusively. And then on Friday, uh, David and I kind of wrapped it up with we, we're going to suffer trustingly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, Doug, as it, it, every day we came back out, reemphasized this idea of living boldly in this world today. You know, the, no more can you just sit passively by and expect to be used by God. If we're going to be used by God, it's going to be speaking out against what's happening in the world today speaking boldly i have you seen uh senator rubio's campaign ad i have TV? not <clears throat> you know he he's being pretty bold as a politician because he is coming out on television with these ads that basically say the progressive agenda that is trying to take over this country uh and he lists some of those things mm-hmm. like the whole transgender thing and the lgbtq as well, and that brings me to um, what's going on in Virginia. There was a legislature, a, leg- a legislator, a few years ago that introduced a bill that it came, you know, it got introduced, but it didn't really go anywhere. Nobody thought anything about it. But the Washington Post just start uh, wrote an article about this uh, legislator who, again, is bringing she's reintroducing the bill, uh, and. This time she's adding some language to it that ought to make every Christian really 
perk up, you know, and, and pay attention because uh, what what she's trying to say now is is that if you cause harm to a transgender, you know, that they're they're going to expand the definition of child abuse uh, to include inflicting physical or mental injury on children due to their gender identity or sexual orientation. And, you know, when you think about that, some of that is very subjective to to the people that are in your local community. And the lady that uh, proposed this bill is a social worker, and she's try- she says she's trying to help protect LGBTQ children from their parents take note Christian mm-hmm. from their parents and guardians who do not affirm their sexual orientation or identity now that is a big deal i i think you and i both have known people who have had children who were trans or trying to do that and for us to speak out against that and say that's not right that's not biblical that's not god's design Parents could face a felony or misdemeanor charge if they don't affirm their sexual orientation or gender. Now, that that's pretty big. We're talking about America here where we've always had the freedom of expression. Now that's being called <clears throat> abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, and, and I believe as Christians, we're going to see a lot of other Christians probably shrink back because they're not going to want... Because it's not just a felony or misdemeanor losing your job. It's already losing your job, losing your livelihood in some places. Uh, but this is going to take it to a new level yeah. right here. Yeah. Well, and you're right. It's completely subjective as to, you know, how do you define abuse? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just feel like if – and I, yeah. you, you could be criminally liable, Brad. It's, if, it's if, crazy. If, if you're a grandchild – is going through a weird time where they're mm-hmm. just struggling, mm-hmm. and you speak truth in their life, and it's not even them that press the charges. It's a teacher or it's a, right. a, a, a social worker that hears about it. Isn't that crazy? It, it is crazy. I mean, when you really think about that, you think about what has what have we come to? <laughs> and, they, you know, uh, and this legislature says the Bible tells us we're supposed to, supposed to uh accept people just as they are that that's you know it's it, it always cracks me up how politicians who could care less about following Jesus want to quote the bible to try to convince weak minded believers that the right thing to do is to affirm sin <clears throat> there well you know you've got you've got young grandsons like i do Whenever they're around, sometimes do they always want to eat, Doug? So, sometimes when dinner's ready, they don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. What if we as parents just said, "Well, we'll just let them be what they want to be"? You'd be thrown in jail for you know abuse because you wouldn't be feeding them. Yeah. Okay. So where do you draw the line? Hey, my my, my grandchildren, my children don't want to eat. I'm just not going to feed them. Mm. Well, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, have you seen any of these gender affirming surgery or hormone treatments that are really child abuse? That is the child abuse oh, absolutely. out there. 
But this legislation says in the it says it defines as a felony violation any parent or other person responsible for a minor who neglects or refuses to provide care necessary for their health. Well, in their view, that means you have to provide gender affirming surgery or hormone treatment. And that's crazy. Because this is like, this is so out of Orwell's book that it's just, mm-hmm. it's scary. Yeah. And so uh, it says, no child who in good faith is under treatment solely by spiritual means through prayer in accordance with the tenets and practices of a recognized church or religious denomination shall for that reason alone be considered to be an abused or neglected child. Now they're, they're, they're putting that in there. But the key word is there is alone. In other words, that kind of religious teaching could be be a part. It just can't be the only factor. You know, I mean, I don't know. It, this whole <laughs> thing is just crazy in our world. Uh, well, and, and back to the point that <clears throat> as as God's kingdom priest here on earth, what is our role? What is our role? And if we're going to have an impact, we're going to have to speak boldly into those situations. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to speak boldly, you got to speak biblically. <laughs> no <kidding. laughs> because there's a lot of people who will speak boldly about these things, but they don't know how to reason. That's one of the things, if you go back and you look at Acts 17, those are the, the words that stand out is that Paul reasoned with them. Mm-hmm. Of course, he does it again in Athens. It's this idea, and I know you used the word engage. I've mm-hmm. always liked that word. It's something that's um, I use it a lot because I feel like we as believers need to engage in the culture that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may disagree completely with it, but if you're going to go, you know, when you and I went over to India or we go to the Philippines, we, we're going into a different culture, mm-hmm. and you've got to learn to engage those people where they are. Mm. But so many of us, uh, we're so, I don't know, we're so uh, tight-fisted, <laughs> we're angry, and we're speaking boldly, but we're not speaking biblically. Yes, we, we've got to speak biblically, and one of the, the things that we have to do is to pray Amen. Before we ever open our mouth, right? I mean, we need to be praying about these issues. That's one reason we take the first 15 minutes and we put that out. Hey, real quick before we go to the break, I want to ask people to pray for local FBI agent who suspended Stephen Friend. Stephen Friend is a whistleblower who basically has come out and he tried to do things accordingly to the uh, chain of command to say there are things that are not right here. And he talked to former agents and other people. This is a a, a local Jacksonville FBI FBI guy. guy. Yeah, Stephen Friend. He's now suspended and is was awaiting response from the federal oversight. But basically, he was on one of the news programs over the weekend, and he said there is a lot of of, of untypical stuff going on hmm. that really should be looked at. And he tried to do it. Now he's suspended. <clears throat> So lift him up. He's a father of two. He's been in the FBI eight years. 
And I uh, just yeah, pray for Stephen Friend and his family. Amen. Amen. As a reminder, SWAT Radio is a live broadcast. We would encourage you to call with your questions. The number 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are, uh, if you're new to SWAT, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and uh, we are a live broadcast. Uh, Doug, I was with a, a couple of hundred men last night up at uh, First Baptist Fernandina. Pastor Zach Terry invited me to come up and speak to the men up there about discipleship. Wow. And uh, and a lot of guys uh, listened to SWAT. Uh, a few few guys came up after I shared and said, I listen to SWAT routinely. And so I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I think it's a unique format in that you can call us. You know, while, while Doug and I are kind of working through uh, a passage, uh, David and I shared this last week, as you and I do often, we, we don't sit behind these mics as if we're qualified to do this uh this is just what god has called us to do we we do believe that we're not just supposed to read through the word we're supposed to let that word get into us and Mm -hmm. and have its effect in us and uh, in light of all the things that are going i mean we are in the world today Mm -hmm. and we're to we're to live boldly we're to we're to speak biblically in fact, this week we're going to—I guess—we're kind of in a continuation of this uh, kingdom priest. If, if we're called by God, then we're going to—we're going to live boldly. We're going to speak biblically. We're going to share inclusively. We're going to suffer trustingly. And then, as we're going to look at this week, we're going to talk about having uh, eternal sight. Mm-hmm. We're going we're going to see the world with divine eyes and we're going to engage the world with a divine message. 
Well, Brad, you know, what's so interesting about Chapter 17 to me is it's pretty much Paul versus the philosophers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you know, when he... Um, when you know just just as a quick review for everybody you know paul uh, in chapter 17 started off in thessalonica and one of the things is interesting i was telling lori last night until you teach the bible you really i don't know it's you read it but a lot of times you don't connect the dots but when you do deep dives and you really start trying to 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 study passages and you go, Oh, so now when I'm reading Thessalonians, it makes sense. Some of the things Paul is saying, I see the connections because in Acts 17, that's, that's, he's visiting Thessalonica, you know, Thessalonica. Mm -hmm. That's where, Mm -hmm. that's where he's going. And so when he wrote the Thessalonians, he speaks about his imprisonment in Philippi. Well, uh, when he writes the Philippians, he's talking to people that would have known about that, the beating, him and Silas singing at midnight. So all those things, the Bible is not just a bunch of random right. letters thrown together. It mm-hmm. is one <clears throat> unfolding uh, story of God reaching down to man saying, I want a relationship with you. And when we got into uh, 17 a few weeks ago, remember 17 6 says these men who turn the world upside down have come here also that's the first thing the thessalonians really said about these men Mm -hmm. and i and that's where Mm -hmm. this boldness come having an impact that's where the whole impact statement came from is uh act 17 6 and we think about impact people in the bible like david or elijah or jeremiah or any of those prophets anybody joseph daniel um, all those men who had an impact, you see these qualities in. You see these mm. character traits in. Whether it's uh, David, did David live boldly? You bet. When he goes to the front and he sees this nine foot giant standing right. out there taunting God's people, he doesn't cower back in fear. He goes, it says, why aren't you guys kicking this guy mm-hmm. in the name of the one true living God? Mm-hmm. And he speaks biblically about the the power and the magnitude of the God they serve. and Or even uh, Elijah, when he confronts the prophets of Baal, you know, he, he is very bold to do that. Mm-hmm. But we also see, and I was struck by this, especially with Elijah, because I was reading about him today in my, my readings is one minute he's so bold, and then, you know, Jezebel goes, okay, the same thing that you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you. And he takes off running, and he's hiding. (laughs) And aren't we like that as guys? I mean, one minute we're bold for Christ, the next Mm -hmm. minute we're cowering in a corner. And we forget that the same God who we see do these great things never leaves us. But for some reason... He doubted because he took off and ran. Right. And what did God do? He showed him a fire. He showed him an earthquake. He showed him a mighty wind. He said, I ain't in all those, but in the whisper. And mm. in, in, in the whisper, he was there. And uh, and so we, we do want to have an impact. And so as we look at Paul and Silas this week, really thinking about this idea of seeing with divine eyes, 
We've got to set the stage for where they are. They're in Athens, Greece. Athens was probably, has been named by some, the most impactful city on culture in time. Now think about that statement for a second. Mm -hmm. Because it's the birthplace of European civilization. Mm. That's where it all really began. And it was so influential that when Rome went in there and conquered Greece, they left all the Greek teaching they adopted the Greek language. They adopted the philosophies. They wanted to be taught by Socrates yeah. and Plato and yeah. Aristotle. And it was founded um, 7,000 years ago, but really it was about the 5th century B.C. when um, they uh, they really began to have that kind of influence over the world. And um, the Agora, which was the marketplace, became a place where people had open discussion and you didn't see that in a lot of cultures where they would sit there and have these open debates out in the, it'd be like you and me at Starbucks, but it was much more open where people, it wasn't like you were tucked in behind walls. It was out in the open. So people were having this open dialogue. Could you imagine in our country, if we could do that now, how how good would that be? But Mm. we can't, Mm. we can't have this dialogue. So Paul and Silas, or actually it was Paul there first, because Silas and Timothy stayed back in Thessalonica, remember? Right. And uh, and Berea, and they were really doing the follow-up there of the believers that, that trusted Christ, and Paul was in Athens alone. Some commentators believe this is where Paul was so discouraged because he had been run out of uh, Thessalonica and Berea, and, and, and he was there alone. And, you know, to be in that culture surrounded by all that um, really paganism, it, it, it right. says it, says it um, provoked him, what we're going to see in the first verse that we're looking at today in, in 16. But it, that word means like stabbed. And so he was there by himself in a culture that as far as we know, nobody had taken the gospel to. Because they referred to it as new teaching. Mm-hmm. And so here he is. Imagine, I, 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 I used to probably, I feel probably like he felt like when I got on the off the plane over in Russia back in the, the mid-90s in a country that was so dark for so many years because the state said there is no God. Yeah. And anybody yeah. that believes in a God, they're denied education, they're tortured, and a lot of this stuff... And so to go over there, sometimes I would get off that plane and look at this vast darkness and mm. think, man, I, I'm just one person. What difference can yeah. I make? And and I'm sure he kind of struggled with some of that, but he had a huge impact, and we're going to see that because he, he saw with divine eyes. But, you know, Athens is a lot like probably New York or L.A. is to us today in the, in the States. I mean— when you think of uh, culture, with stuff that happens in uh, L.A., I was when I was in the Marine Corps back in the '80s. I remember going out there for the first time, and a and a guy told me, "Yeah, what happens in L.A. filters to the rest of the U.S. about five years later." Right, right. But now it's quicker because of the internet, mm-hmm. right? But still, that's what it was like, and and it, in L.A. or New York. I mean, when you think about culture in the United States, those are the two places that pop into your mind, and and yet, as as culturally relevant as those places are, 
what you don't think about when you think about L.A. or New York is a love for God. Right. And it was the same in mm-hmm. Athens, although they were thought of as the home of many gods. You know, right. it was like there was lots of gods, but there was also this statue in the city, this idol to the unknown God, which tells you what? That that they they were unfulfilled. They're, yeah, and they're open for anything. Yeah, all these gods they had, mm-hmm. but they were still unfulfilled. And so as we look at this uh, idea... I really today just thought we we would kind of discuss a little bit, you know, where are we looking for fulfillment? You know, I mean, because that's really the need of the city. They look Mm -hmm. everywhere. They had all these idols. Now, you you know, you and I, we don't see idols like that in L.A. They don't they don't have, you know, Greek gods and they don't have all these statues. But we do have idols. Tim Keller writes a book called idol is idols of the heart is yeah something like that and yeah. uh he describes our idols but they're even though they're different by name they fulfill the same function as their idols yeah i remember uh listening to keller uh, speak at an event and he talked about he was talking about idols yeah and uh he was very transparent even in his own life to say that one of his idols mm-hmm. was education mm-hmm. you know just the idea that as a pastor, he, he always felt like he needed to have the answer. Mm. And so he consumed, was constantly consuming more and more information. And, uh, you know, that is that is certainly an idol for a lot of people who believe that uh, education, while it may be important, uh, it can be the thing that you keep pursuing. Uh, Vicky had, a, had an uncle who had more degrees... <laughs> But you couldn't carry on a conversation with the guy, you know, and he's just grasping for more degrees. And that's just one of them, one among many, I'm sure. Well, uh, yeah, putting your faith in your education. Well, the book by Keller is called Counterfeit God. Counterfeit by the way. God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When we come back, I really want to look. You know what God says in His Word? The first commandment is what: "You shall have no other gods before Me." Right. Well, let's talk about what that Amen. idolatry might look like for you and me, because that's what was going on in Athens. Yeah. Hey, give us a call this afternoon, 844-777-SWAT, 844-777-7928. You can also email us with your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back after the national news. To SWAT Radio, Brad Sykes here along with Doug McCary, and we're glad you joined us this afternoon. We're looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 16. What are we going about through? Um, we're going 16 through 21. Through 21 yeah. this week. Yeah, in and, fact, uh, you can read it, and then I, yeah, I, I would like to talk about the idols. Yes, you know, yeah. uh, but but it's uh, because 
Uh, real quick, you, you're going to read two words that I just had to get help on, to be honest with you, <laughs> Epicurean and Stoic. Stoic I got, but Epicurean, I wasn't really sure of what it meant as far as like uh, – it very much describes our culture. And an Epicurean, you're going to hear uh, Brad read that word in a minute. It, it it means somebody who seeks the truth by personal experience and not by reasoning. Mm. In other words, if they experience it, it must be true. Right. Which is very dangerous, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that has led people, and and there's a lot of bad theology out there. Uh, in fact, there's a book out there that a lady wrote that a lot of people use, and she said she needed more than the Bible mm-hmm. for her spiritual experience. The Bible alone wasn't enough for us. And that's very dangerous. When you start seeking experiences, yeah. Yeah. Um, God God gave us his word as a great gift for us, and we have to be very careful about elevating experiences over the truth of his word, or saying it's not enough. The Bible is sufficient for every spiritual need we have. Yeah. It, it, it really is. And so, but the epi- Second Peter 1 3 yeah, yeah. says that. It says, His divine powers granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness yeah. through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And, and yet, people in this book, and you know, Brad, one of the publishers rewrote the Ford to take that phrase out hmm. because they recognized it, but still nobody openly publicly rebuked this writer for it. And now it's one of the most popular devotionals out there. Well, I, I think I told you last week cause early, uh, I guess Monday, a week ago today, I was, I was under the weather and wasn't able to make it in on Monday. And I said, <laughs> some of the things you do when you're, when you're a little under the weather. Well, I, uh, I'd been wanting to go back and watch the G three conference Oh yeah, and uh, so I went back, and it was just a week ago or so, and I went back, and the the theme of the conference was the sufficiency of the word, mm. and uh, boy, it was it was eye opening to hear about some of the more popular, um, especially women uh, speakers that are out there. Well, they probably mentioned the uh, one that wrote this devotional I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, and and that's it's dangerous stuff yeah. when you start going down that road yeah. elevating experience mm-hmm. you know paul says in 1 corinthians 10 that when you are worshiping an idol you're worshiping a demon you know that that mm-hmm. the, the, the idol worship you're you're making an you think you're offering some kind of sacrifice to god at least they did but it was to a demon mm-hmm. and uh he didn't make any waves about that and when you read that, I want you to read this, and then I want to talk just for a second about what are some of the idols of our heart today? What mm-hmm. are, you know, we're not worshiping Zeus down at the right. city square, right? But we are worshiping maybe entertainment, yeah. maybe our iPhone or our iPad or our technology. Uh, so let's talk about that, and then uh, the last segment, people can call in and we can dialogue a little yeah. bit if they want. All right, let me read this, Acts 17, beginning in verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicureans and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, 
And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus as the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Verse 21, now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. You know, verse 16, he it says his spirit was provoked because he saw the city was full of idols. That literally means it was smothered with idols. And when you think about uh, Athens at that time, Brad, It's estimated they had about 30,000 idols and only 10,000 people inhabited uh, Athens at that time Mm. when Paul was there. And so when you think about that and you think about our culture, I I would venture to say that in America we have probably uh, three to four hundred million idols because that's how many people there are, because Mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest (laughs) idols in our culture is our identity. I I, I mean, we, we, we place more faith in who we are than who God is. And, and what defines our identity? Well, um, maybe our job, maybe our, our possessions, our, our skills, maybe we're good at a particular thing. And, we depend on that, and it's very subtle because we talk about God, but in reality, we place more value on our identity than on God in heaven. And, um, you know, I, I I remember my song, Sarah, I mean, a song my, my daughter Sarah wrote years ago called Identity, and it was just that. Yeah. It was just that uh, about that thing that, that we seek our identity uh, over really a relationship with God a lot of times. We want to be affirmed in our identity because, you know, of what we have or what we do or, you know, some skill we're good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we all fall guilty to it, you know. I think it's the the, the greatest struggle in our culture today mm-hmm. is identity. Um, and, and I think Christians struggle with it as much as any. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the verses, I think I told you, I'm, Vic and I are trying to memorize Colossians 3. And uh, we're, we're not as far in as I would like to be. I think we're in through about verse 9. But verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And you think about the things that we covet in this world. And you may say, well, I don't really covet, you know, it's not like I'm going to take somebody, something of somebody else's. But, you know, we're, we're constantly bombarded with visual effects, you know, and that whether it's material things that we might covet or it's positions that we might covet or prominence that we covet money that we covet Mm -hmm. this idea of coveting is idolatry 
Well, it is idolatry. In fact, you know, the coveting, it's one of the commandments for a reason. Um, and when you think about, like, America in particular, our culture, the the pursuit of financial gain has really become an idol for a, a large majority of our country. Mm-hmm. Where, it, 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 And this is not saying money's bad. Right. Money's just a tool. Mm-hmm. But if if that is what you long for more than anything else and you believe, I remember years ago a guy became a pretty much an overnight millionaire and he thought that took care of all of his issues. But within a very short period of time, he realized there were, there were, there were some significant other issues that happened in his life that that money could do nothing to fix. Mm. And, and that happens a lot. Uh, but, but I think in our culture, uh, second identity is this whole money thing, the pursuit mm-hmm. of money. And uh, you just think that if you've got the right amount of money, then you're okay. There's mm-hmm. nothing that you can't take care mm-hmm. of. And that's why, you know, Lori taught on famines last week in uh, the women's SWAT. For most uh, people who grow up in an agricultural uh, uh, environment, you look to God to provide the rain and the mm-hmm. things you need, mm-hmm. the weather to grow your right. plants. But for us, we've become so technologically based as a culture. If you go to most kids today and say, hey, where does food come from? They say the grocery store. They don't right. They don't even understand mm-hmm. the process of how it grows <laughs> and God giving the rain. And so we've gotten away from looking to God. In fact, most people, if you ask them, uh, you know, why they work, they think they work to provide for their families. But, no, they work to glorify God. God provides for their families Amen. as they're obedient Amen. to his command. <clears throat> do you all deal with that in the Chamber of Commerce, any of the Christian Chamber? Do you all talk about those issues? Well, that will definitely be one of the things that we will begin to work through. And, and you know, Doug, I've shared this with you personally. I don't know that I've ever shared it here on the air but in, in 2007, um, I had a loss, a, a very serious loss of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a business that, for all practical purposes, had failed. And uh, uh, millions and millions of dollars had been squandered in some ways. Uh, but then it was just the economy as well. And, you know, in the midst of it, it was very, very difficult. I mean, I was angry. I was bitter. And, and you'd uh, been a believer for a long time. I had. And uh, what was interesting, and I had an opportunity to share this one-on-one with a guy last night uh, after I spoke. And uh, you know, I said, it's amazing that now I can look back, Doug, and I, I'm truly thankful that I went through that. Because going through that exposed some idols in my life that I didn't know were there. And I would not have known they were there had God not removed that, mm. had God not, you know, you know, you look back on situations like that and go, well, if I could have done it this way, I would have done it this way. The reality is God is sovereign. He allowed that business to fail in a sense. And it exposed some things in my own life that I didn't even realize were there. And I think God will do that many times. He'll well, remove he absolutely, things. If you're a believer... He will absolutely strip those things out of your hand if you're holding on to them 
and pretty much leave rope burns in your hand if you try to hold on to them. <laughs> I have got a fair amount of rope burns, let me tell you. <laughs> Well, listen, we'll be, uh, we're going to take another break. Uh, we would love to hear from you when we come back from the break. Uh, the number to call is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Send us an email at ask at SWATradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. City lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. By the way, for those who are new to SWAT, again, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Christ. This broadcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, go to SWATradio.com, click on the SWAT Meetings tab, uh, we would love to have you join us in person. There are a number of, of, of gatherings that get together throughout the week. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the support tab on that website for further information. Our phone lines are open for this last segment of the day, and we would love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. You know, Doug, uh, I, I it was always kind of your idea that you and I would get on here. and We wouldn't just work through the passage, but we'd allow that passage to work through us because we don't sit behind these mics uh, with all the answers. We're, not. Um, we're, we're just normal men who struggle with the same thing everybody else struggles through. But we want to hold each other accountable. We want to speak into each other's lives, not with... Uh, philosophy no no we want to speak the truth the world's got enough of that 
you know, and again, it's not to be, it, we don't cover our ears. I think a lot of people think, well, we should just cover our ears well, with the ideas of the world. You can't do that anymore. Paul didn't do that. No, no. He engaged these people right there in the town square. He did. And, and you know, I think many uh, Christians today avoid that town square because they don't feel equipped to address those issues and not to go back over what we talked about last week, but the importance of knowing the Word of God so that you can speak boldly and biblically into those situations, which Paul does, so much so that they even said, what are these strange things you're speaking? And uh, anyway, I, well, sorry, I was just well, thinking no, about that's o- that. No, that's okay. I, well, listen, I want to hit these next two. I know we got a caller. Just hold on just a second. Um, but because I want to hit these next two idols again, Athens was a place known for idols. The U S we don't look at the U S as a place that is overgrown with idols like Zeus and Athena or whoever we, you know, our idols are different, but I want you to think about entertainment for a second and technology. I'm going to lump those together, right? When when you get on an airplane, next time you get on a flight, look at look at people on the plane. I would venture to say that probably somewhere between seventy, it maybe as high as eighty percent of the people you see are either watching entertainment on the plane, or they're watching it on their device or their computer mm-hmm. or their handheld. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're obsessed with entertainment. Neil Postman wrote a book back in the 80s called Amusing Ourselves to Death. In other words, you're so Mm. into, that's why TikTok is so big, where voyeurs, people like seeing things, Mm -hmm. that you're drawn into that. And we just get obsessed with that. And uh, we, we actually, people have more influence in our culture who are called cultural influences because of TikTok or social media than people who are really... Uh, you know, have some measurable contribution to make to society, like because they've studied and they've grown through real world experiences. Mm-hmm. But these entertainment people are given more influence. So that's one. The other one is sex, and not just sex. Right. I will call it sex and <clears throat> comfort, or sex seeking the comfort in sex, or comfort in drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll lump them all together. It's pleasure, it's pleasure. And those two things are just as bad of idols as the other ones we've mentioned. And so our idols look different. But if we don't see with spiritual eyes, we're never going to see them for idols. Mm-hmm. We're going to see them as, uh, well, in fact, we changed the names. Instead of calling it you know, a, a strip club, now we call it a gentleman's club. <laughs> you know, we, we don't call it uh, adultery anymore. We call it... Um, an inappropriate relationship. We kind of, we start trying to change the terms, but they're idols and Mm. they are offensive to a holy God. And we, we need to remember that. And I just, I wanted to share that before we get to the call. Yeah. Uh, Well, and I I couldn't agree with you more. I think the greatest idol in our culture today is the idol of comfort. Oh, comfort. Real quick. Family children. Uh, I forgot about that. Oh, you didn't have to go there. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, because a lot of people, Listen, this doesn't mean to dismiss your family, but Jesus himself said, if you love mother, father, or child or daughter more than me, you're not worthy to be mine. Right. And boy, we do. Oh, we'll speak boldly about our kids, won't we? 
Yeah. It doesn't mean you, you get rid of your families and you just diss them. But for a lot of people, oh, I would do this for Jesus, but I can't because of my family. I mm. can't. But, uh, mm. You see how easy it is yeah. to go down that road? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. all right, we got well, a caller. Hey, we do. Uh, John, are you are you still there, buddy? I am still here, yep. Hey, thanks for hanging Great on. Great message that you're having today. <laughs> of course. I, I was listening to you. It's It's been amazing how the things that you're talking about today, especially when I read that book, Counterfeit Gods by Timothy Keller, I was so bruised when I got finished reading, and it was like, <laughs> oh, man, did I get beat up today. I got KO'd. It, it took me two days to wake it, up. <laughs> and and I still and it still bothers me. I still have that challenge of... Uh, uh, looking at the world and, and well, it, it used to be, that's what I was chasing. Uh, we were riding through, um, Mandarin road. And I can remember when I was younger, I would take my kids and we were involved in a business that ex- they wanted you to go dream building. So we'd go r- ride around looking at homes and we videotaped them. This room was going to be one son's and that one. And we ended up, we didn't live in that area. As a matter of fact, for a majority of the time that I raised my kids, we lived in apartments. I'm a, retired police officer. I worked off duty and one of my sons had the wisdom. I think God used him to, uh, we went down Bay Meadows road. It used to be the Bay Meadows apartments. And so, uh, we rode in there and Justin goes, you know, I've got some awesome memories of this. And honestly with me, I was beating myself up because the world says you need to have a house and stuff, not a home that had the house. I was beating myself up for all the years that we lived in apartments and here he's going, man, I've got some awesome memories of this place. And it was, it was kind of a, an epiphany time for me because, uh, and then Rick Warren, I was reading one of his devotionals and man, what goals have you set for yourself? Well, the goals I used to set for myself were all about business. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh man, <laughs> what am I going to set goals for now? Because I had been chasing the world and making idols out of, like you said, your family. Well, I had my wife that had passed away and it was like my, I went bonkers, you know, in yeah. listening to how I talked and all that kind of stuff before she passed away, everything was good. But when she finally did pass away, of course, you know, it is a, it's a traumatic thing, but it's just, I think that I was placing my family, as you just mentioned before I came on, uh, placing your family as an idol where I've got to worship God first. Everything else kind of works out when you put your priorities in the right place. Amen. But it's just, it's not the God, the uh, idols that you're talking about um, in Athens, where what I think y'all said something about, there were actually more idols than there were people. Yeah. I think in the United States, even though there's 300 million people, we probably have more idols than we, than we do people here. So thank you for the message that you've been uh, talking about today. I greatly appreciate it. Well, John, thank you for calling. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, Doug, I was just looking. Uh, Psalm, Psalm, listen to the words of, of the psalmist. Uh, this is Psalm 135, uh, verse 15. It says, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. Mm -hmm. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Mm -hmm. Those who make them become like them. Mm -hmm. So do all who trust in them. Mm -hmm. Think about when that was written. It's the same today. The idols of America are silver and gold the works of human hands yeah and it may be your job it may even be the fact that your kid is a good football player Mm -hmm. and and can i just say 
as a as a dad and i know you're the same way we we, we oftentimes elevated certain skills over character mm-hmm. and uh it had a guy ask me last night you have five kids you know what if you could just give me one advice in raising kids and sometimes you say things and you look back and go i don't know where that came from mm-hmm. <laughs> but i said i said only from personal experience can i say this raise your children to the glory of god not to the glory of yourself mm. And you think about the fact that so oftentimes our families, our children become an idol because we want them to perform in such a way that it elevates us. It makes us look good. Yeah. And I'm guilty. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I, what you read reminded me of Isaiah 44, 9, where it says, All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. I mean, Paul says over in Colossians, put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, Impurity. passion, evil desire, and covetous, which Which is is idolatry. idolatry. And so as we begin this week to look at having an impact as a kingdom priest, which we're called to do, 1 Peter 2.9 said we're a kingdom of priests. And and it started back in Exodus 19 where Moses said, God said through Moses, you are a kingdom of priests set aside. Two things that we hope you'll hear all week as we go through this text on Paul versus the philosophers. One is we have to see the world with divine eyes. Two, we have to engage the world with a divine message. And, you know, Brad, I know we're short on time. Real quick, why didn't you see your idolatry with divine eyes? Because my hope was in that. My security was there. And it's just like what John said. So often our security is in things that are man-made or they're relational, but they're not they're not vertical. They're horizontal. So, so you would say to somebody listening, keep your eyes fixed on Amen. Jesus. Right? Amen. Right, it says, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. Yep. Those children of yours, they're not gods. That job is not a job. Glad you joined us today. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be back. Go to SWATradio.com. You can listen to any of the past broadcasts there. Until then, continue advancing truth. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 